Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of The Bing Crosby Show with guest star Lucille Ball. It first aired on April 1st, 1943. The Cross Music Hall with Bing Crosby, Tootie Irwin, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the music maids and Phil, the charioteers, and Bing's guests for this evening, Miss Lucille Ball, star of Metro Golden Mare's new Technicolor film, The Barrier Was a Lady. And here's Bing Crosby. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when the skies are gray. Never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. The other night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dreamt I held you in my arms. When I awoke, dear, I was mistaken, and I hung my head and I my sunshine, my only sunshine, you make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Music Hall friends, battle station bound to every spot on the globe, where men are digging for victory in Tunisia, and the Solomons are digging foxholes, and from the skies above Germany, they're digging up Berlin Street. The least we can do is dig a little, too. We've got to dig for war bonds, and we, we ought to be doing a little digging for that victory garden. There's been any number of cartoons and wheezes about victory gardens, but nobody's kidding about the urgent need for them. The more groceries we grow ourselves for our own uses, the more our farmers can send to our fighting men and our allies. So when you have a little time off, get your exercise in the garden. Climb into some old clothes, some Hey, old... uh, I'm back. Uh, who are you? You asked me that 13 times already. I'm Yuki. That's what you keep telling me. Then why do you keep asking who I am? I keep hoping for a sensible answer. 
I think I'd better change my name. And if you do, why don't you make it put in <laughs> Look, as I was saying now about Victory Gardens, all you have to do is to climb into some old clothes, uh, get yourself a rake or a salem. Suit? Yeah. That was those suits. It was an odd coat. You mean peculiar? <laughs> well, keep in touch with the coat anyway, will you? And bring it back soon. I yeah, the tailor said... I was uh, saying, you should ease into some overalls. The tailor knew... Head your little endive uh, into the earth, hmm? The tailor knew... How is your victory garden coming, Trudy? Well, Ben, I'm having so much trouble with my insects. So am I. <laughs> well, honestly, my garden's so infested that I can't tell whether I'm raising lettuce or lace. Ah, very cute. Very cute. Say, uh, the tailor knew you as soon as I brought the coat in. Really? What did he say? Well, he just looked at the coat and said, Crosby, 38. That's not my size, 38. That's what you owe, buddy. Oh, <laughs> well, get the coat back soon, will you? Well, how much, uh, uh, what's with your victory garden, Ken? Yeah, how much? Oh, so, so, Bing. Oh. Well, the scuttle is that everything uh, on your victory garden is run by motor. Motor? Mm-hmm. No, no, it's just a little buggy. Ah, uh, very <laughs> Out of here. Say, uh, how much did you pay for that coat I took over? Well, that coat cost me 43 mix. Said, huh? Mm-hmm. Could have got a new one for that. I like them broken in a little. Oh. Well, I forgot to tell you, I, I also took that gray suit to the cleaner. What gray suit? That's a blue suit. On the way over, it faded. <laughs> Must have left my dice in the pocket, I guess. <laughs> no, you didn't. How do you know? Well, before I left the suit, I went through the pocket. Get anything? Just practice. Too bad. <laughs> I got another complaint, too. What's your beef, old boy? Well, look, I don't mind running these little errands for you, but every time you give me over a dollar, does your brother Everett have to follow me around? <laughs> <laughs> he just happens to be going the same way. He does, huh? Did he tell you that I ordered a new suit for you? He did? How'd you know my size? Well, I didn't think you wore any certain size. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're giving me a fit. Yeah. Now, I've got to get on about these victory gardens. Yeah, hey, I got a victory garden. I wish you were working in now, down in the potatoes. Somewhere. No, well, I can't. Somebody gave me a pair of rabbits and ate up the whole garden. Is that so? Yeah. What did you do with them? Well, I just took the rabbits and locked them up in the bathroom. You did? Yeah. And then but... shook a stick at them. Well, boy, that ought to teach them. Well, I don't know. I went back there to let them out this morning. Yeah. More rabbits there than you shake a stick at them. <laughs> I wouldn't knock it. No. All those rabbits, you're, you're loaded with house and pepper now. Uh-huh. Well? Well, what? Uh, I mean, ain't you going to sing? Oh, yes. I was just thinking of that house and pepper. Oh, nice. Nice. English boy in Paris fell for a lovely mademoiselle with no French at his command. He tried to make her understand. He loved her more and more each day. And in his own peculiar way, he'd open up his heart and say, Darling, devil's and what to do You know you completely Won my heart Morning, noon, and night time too So you're wondering what to do That's the way I felt Right from the start 
Jerry, my love for you is straight, straight for. I wish my friends were good enough. I'd tell you so much more. But I hope that you come free. All the things you mean to me. Thus, friends, a few words that might come in handy to a man of our armed might in French North Africa. Follows a few words that might prove of value to everybody right here at home. The Kellogg-Briand Treaty, pledging 62 nations to announce war as an instrument of foreign policy is signed. And the stock market suffers a slight technical reaction. 1949, and in their homes, thinking men can be heard to say... Oh, yes, Rudy, of course I lost a little in the market, but... That's the stock market for you. One day you win, next day you lose. One day you win, the next day you lose. Well, why don't you just play every other day? <laughs> if there's a way to beat the market, I'd know it. I got an uncle who's got a... He's had a seat on the curb there for over two years. Really? Yes. Well, see, I've always wondered what those men do at the seat on the stock exchange or the curb. Well, I've never seen the stock exchange, but I've seen my uncle's seat on the curb. He just sits there. But why? Well, he figures maybe a parade will go by or something. Uh, <laughs> well, never mind. See, if we hurry, Harry, we can just catch the first show of Milton Stills and Dorothy McHale and the Blackers. Oh, who wants to rush to see the Barker? I don't go for them dog pictures. Well, this is... This is Milton Stills and Dorothy McHale, not Rin Tin Tin. That's what I say. What good's a dog picture without Rin Tin Tin? Honestly, Harry, I wish I could have an intelligent conversation with you. Did you ever try? No, seriously now, Harry. Don't you wish you could understand Einstein's theory of relativity? You mean you don't? You mean you do? Well, <laughs> I'll get this. Here's the way it goes. You know the, the cannonball limited that yes. goes zinging through town about 64 every evening? Yes. Well, if he goes through the tunnel just above the ridge, going 55 with a 10-mile headwind, it takes all the way from the water tower to the yards or a distance of five-eighths of a mile to stop her with the brake set. Well, how do you know that? Engineer told me. No. <laughs> I'd still like to see a movie. You would? Mm-hmm. Well, how about the, uh, the singing fool? Well, you can come, too. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you're awesome. Of course, this is Thursday evening. Uh, we could stay home and listen to the Rudy Valley Hour on the radio. What's the thing? My time is your time. <laughs> Languid and plaintive. Hear the chant of the jungle. Oh, that's a fine thing to say about my singing. Who's talking about your singing? You just keep on doing it. Nothing mm-hmm. like singing. Even says so in that song. Good song. Well, it goes this your way. <laughs> With a song in my heart. I behold your adorable face, just a song of the stars, but it's really is a hymn to your grave. When the music swells, I'm touching your hand, it tells me you're the sound of your voice, heaven opens its portals to me, 
can I help but rejoice that a song such as ours came to be that I always knew I would live with a song in my heart At the sound of your voice, heaven opens its portals to me. Can I help but rejoice that a song such as ours came to be? But I always Goldenair decided to prove that Dubarry was a lady. They combed the town for a gorgeous, exotic gal to portray the famed Countess Jean Bacou Dubarry. Naturally, they came up with our good friend Lucille Ball, probably the glamiest gal between Burbank and Culver City. <laughs> nice to have you with us once more in the old fast music hall, Lucille. But why didn't you hit us in the powdered wig and the hoop skirt of Dubarry? Oh, no, Bing. I've been wearing hoop skirts so much it's gotten so that every time I see a telephone, I sit down on it. <laughs> must get some dandy numbers, I <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Bing, I've been in that French court atmosphere so much I actually dream about it. The other night I dreamt I was a queen. Queen Lucille. Queen Lucille what? Just Lucille. I dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Took a bad hop, huh? <laughs> and I dreamed I had a beautiful palace right outside of Paris. Oh, yes. The Tuileries? Yeah. Built by my uncle, the Marquis de la Skibor. Oh, yes. <laughs> he copied it from his English place, Pinball on the Kilt. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Lucille, ladle me some additional lord on Le Marquis de la Skiball. Well, his wife was eccentric. She was a screwball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to bowl with the old girl. <laughs> Had a hookball, too, and mighty hookball. <laughs> well, during my reign as queen, yeah? three famous kings pleaded for my hand in marriage. My aide-de-court, Count Kenneth, sounded his trumpet and called the court to order. <laughs> The court of Queen Lucille of Balderdice is now in session. <laughs> May I speak, Your Majesty? Why not? My curiosity's at the burling pern. <laughs> I await your first void in a state of utter turmoil. <laughs> the people wish to know why you, our queen, have such a strange dialect. Well, the legend is that me old lady was frightened by a Brooklyn Dodger. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll tell them you're a Garosha, Dubarry. Yeah. <laughs> your Majesty, as per your directive, I inserted an advertisement in the Paris Daily Postcard stating that Your Highness, Queen Lucille of Balderdash, was desirous of obtaining and maintaining a husband. I stated that only kings with Jack need apply. <laughs> I, I also said they must be handsome and tall. Yeah, we don't want no three-foot rulers. Oh, no. <laughs> no, definitely no short tears. <laughs> Did any people answer the ad? Three kings await outside. 
Okay, send them in. But I'm a sucker to call three kings. Announcing King John, the Scot of Trotomedia. <laughs> in this corner, weighing 267 and three quarters, pretender to the heavyweight crowd. You may kneel at my feet, King John. I can't, Your Highness. Why not? Once I kneel, I can't get unkneeled. <laughs> <laughs> Who ever gave you the idea that I would commit matrimony with a guy like you? What do you got to offer, huh? Your Majesty, I have a vast domain. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Liquidate the stylish stout, Count Ken. Come, if that's all. Looks like I'm getting the count. <laughs> They're off at Stokesman's Park at the quarter running water at the half candy gap, and here's the winner... Captain Spinner got it. <laughs> your Majesty, King Bing of Crossbania awaits your pleasure. Shall I tell him to come forth? Well, if he's on one of his own nags, he'll be lucky to come fit. <laughs> I'm, I'm King Bing, I swing. I'm Queen Ball, I bounce. Your Royal Highness, thou dost remind me of a beautiful cameo. Thou dost resemble a fragile flower. Thou dost bring to mind Madame Pompadour. Madame Dubuffet, thou dost, yes, thou dost. I guess i got to brush you off. You're too dusty. <laughs> oh, Queenie, can't we merge our kingdom? May I first ask how you get along with your people? Oh, fine. <laughs> they love me because I rule with a wise hand and an iron head. I believe it. <laughs> how do you get along with your subjects? Oh, pretty good, but I keep drunken algebra. <laughs> Allow not a few axioms to worry your fish and tinted top piece, fair Queen Lucille, for I love you. I love you, dumb as you are. Oh, honestly, King Bing, you say the sweetest thing. Why, I think I'm blushing, just... Nothing beats... Nothing beats a royal flush. <laughs> I must say, you've made quite an impression on me, King Bing. I'll give you my answer soon. In the meantime, I'll have my bouncer throw you out. Hi, Kenny! Kenny! Oh, Kenny. I keep him awful busy. He works like a dog. Where is he now? He's out digging for a bone. <laughs> I trust your majesty's answer will be favorable. You see, Queen, I want to be greater than I am now. I want to be higher than a king. What do you want to do? Make an ace of yourself? <laughs> I, I strive for that, your highness. I await your decision. I shall be in the royal swimming pool where I shall join the ladies in waiting. <laughs> Regretfully announcing King Yuki of Yukimania. Right this way, peasant. Hiya, Queenie. I'm King Yuki. Well, I don't know whether I want to marry anything like you. You're pretty short. Okay, so I ain't king size. <laughs> you look very familiar to me. Could it be that you're the guy who used to keep company with Snow White? You mean Prince Charming? No, Dopey. Come here, Queenie. Listen, I ain't like those other kings. I ain't got no domain. I ain't got no castle. I ain't even got gold. I'm just a great lover, that's all. King Yuki, the lover. Oh! <laughs> you're, just, you're just the poison I've been waiting for. I ain't poison. Who said poison? Oh. Come, Tony, send everybody in. I've made a church. All in, all in. Step up in the car, please. The queen has made her church. I mean, church. Listen, fellas. I've decided to marry King Yuki. Oh, but your majesty, he's the end of the dynasty. He's the nasty part. He hasn't even got a prank to his name. <laughs> Call me 
dough. He's rich without it. Oh, he is? What's he using for money? He's got butterfingers. Butterfingers, yeah. And he's got a rubber neck. Rubber neck, huh? And he's got coffee nerves. Coffee nerves, yeah. But what's he using for meat? He's a bigger hand than you are. Thus, Lucille Ball, the Brooklyn Yankee, or maybe I'd better say Dodger, in the court of Louis Couture's. Returning to the States, we turn to the charioteers and the spiritual Wade in the water. Like a leaf 
The Bing Crosby Show was a musical variety show characterized by the easygoing style that was Crosby's trademark. Harry Lillis Bing Crosby rose to prominence as a solo vocalist in the 1930s, singing with some of the major big bands of the period. He made his radio debut in the early 1930s, and in 1935 he replaced orchestra leader and his former boss, Paul Whiteman, as the host of the Kraft Music Hall. His tenure with the Kraft Music Hall lasted approximately 10 years when he left Kraft to begin hosting his own show. Crosby is acknowledged as the first performer in the world to pre-record his radio show. Pre-recording allowed flexibility for rehearsal and editing, which resulted in a tighter show, which appealed to his perfectionist nature. As an outgrowth of pre-recording, he is also credited with creating the laugh track. The Comic Web's collection includes Crosby's shows from 1943 to 1955, encompassing the years of Crosby's peak popularity, during which he was named the most admired man alive, coming in ahead of Jackie Robinson and the Pope. In a poll of U.S. troops at the close of World War II, Crosby was voted the person who did the most for G.I. morale, which is over President Roosevelt, General Dwight Eisenhower, and even Bob Hope. Although Crosby continued to make radio appearances on various other shows, the Bing Crosby Show ceased broadcasting in 1954. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.